Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Earlier this summer, one of Boston's biggest progressive groups was at an impasse. The group, JP Progressives, were trying to figure out who to endorse in the city's mayoral race. But after deliberating for weeks, they just, um, they could not choose, uh, no matter how much they, you know, they were going through ranked choice voting. That's Politico's Lisa Kaczynski. She's been tracking how voters are choosing between an historically diverse field of candidates and was watching as JP progressives tried everything, including multiple rounds of ranked choice voting, to figure out their endorsement. There were people who were arguing in support of acting Mayor Jeannie. There were people arguing in support of Michelle Wu, Andrea Campbell. In the end, they gave up. No endorsement, a move that reflects the challenges facing people across Boston as they try to figure out who to vote for next month. It's really hard for folks in Boston right now because all five candidates, all five major candidates are people of color. All of them bring years of city government experience to the table. And that creates a lot of tough choices that are both celebrated and difficult at the same time. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... I am Lisa Kaczynski, and I am the Massachusetts Playbook author. Lisa Kaczynski on Boston's Big Choice. This race is absolutely historic because there are five major candidates. All of them are candidates of color. All of them would be a first of something, if not multiple things, for Boston's mayor's office, which has which has been led by a white man for about 200 years now. So you have four city councilors who are running, one of which is the acting mayor who stepped up when former Mayor Marty Walsh went to Washington to become President Joe Biden's labor secretary. I stand before you as the first woman and the first black mayor of Boston, the city that I love. So that is acting Mayor Kim Janey, um, who is a city councilor. Mm-hmm. Then you have three other city councilors, um, Michelle Wu. In Boston, we have been a city with deep disparities for a long time. And during this pandemic, every one of those disparities has gotten worse. Anissa Asabi George. Boston is my home. I have deep roots here. A connection that drives me to work harder and deliver more for the city I love. And Andrea Campbell. Boston is facing a crucial moment. We can and must confront our own history of exclusion, segregation, marginalization, if we are to transform systems so that they truly serve all of our residents equitably. And then the fifth major candidate is John Barrows, who was the city's economic development chief under uh, former Mayor Marty Walsh. I'm ready for this campaign, and more importantly, I'm ready to lead the city of Boston. As mayor, I would work to make sure that we continue to engage our community, continue, continue to particularly engage our young people, continue to engage those who feel left out. They all bring years of city government experience to the table, of course, and three of them are uh, running as progressives in this race, Michelle Wu, Kim Janey, and Andrea Campbell. Um, Anissa Sabi george is considered kind of a more moderate in this race, as is John Barrows, um, you know, who obviously is a former development director, is <laughs> very focused on that. 
In your story, you looked at how voters and endorsers across Boston are looking at this group of candidates and kind of struggling to figure out what exactly to do when September 14th rolls around. The Democrats are cheering the diverse field, but at the same time, it's all difficult to navigate. Are we seeing at all any frontrunners emerge here? It is actually a very tight race and not a lot of polling, which has been sort of a problem among the political class up Mm. here. Uh, It's it's a couple months in between every poll. Um, Mm -hmm. So it appears that Michelle Wu is, you know, kind of edging out in these polls as a front runner. Uh, Kim Janey in the spring through the spring had been a top poller. A few recent polls have shown like a very like a closer race uh, with her and Anissa Asabi George um, and Andrea Campbell kind of bunched up, uh, you know, towards the top and with this election, it's a preliminary election. So two people will make it through to the November general election. Hmm. So two will make it through. You mentioned earlier how there's two camps, Michelle Wu, Kim Janey and Andrea Campbell as progressives, and then Anissa Asabi-George and John Barros as the more moderate candidates. Does it make sense to you that things will turn out with one from each, a more moderate and a more progressive candidate making it through to the general it definitely could. Um, and a lot of the people kind of have that scenario as Michelle Wu and Anissa Sabi George in their minds right now as the progressive and moderate. But one of the progressives, um, you know, Kim Janey is the acting mayor, uh, which, you know, even though she won't be listed as, as an incumbent on the ballot, um, just because it's an acting role, you know, it is it is essentially the power of incumbency in this race. So, um, you know, there's a very good chance that she makes it through. And then Michelle Wu, um, you know, another progressive, has run citywide and won many times before. So people are familiar with her, used to kind of pulling the lever for her, so to speak. Um, so there is actually a very good chance that uh, two progressives or Andrea Campbell could, you know, surge up a little bit late. So there is a very good chance that uh, two progressives could make it through to the final or we could have a progressive and a moderate. What are the issues you think Boston voters are going to be thinking about when they fill out their ballots? The coronavirus resurgence is going to play a big role in voters' minds uh, when they head to uh, the polls or they fill out their ballots. Um, You know, it's resurging, even though Massachusetts and Boston are highly vaccinated areas, we are still dealing with the Delta variant here. And uh, that will definitely be on people's minds. I mean, um, you know, there's just a mask mandate in Boston that just came back in place um, on Friday. So that's very much front of mind. Um, schools are starting. This is now the third pandemic year, or I guess the third year affected by the pandemic uh, for these students. Um, so that is very much at the forefront of people's minds right now, navigating those first few weeks, what plans there are in place, you know, to help students try and have a semblance of normal. There are still outstanding issues in our police department. Um, There's some sort of Boston-specific scandals that have come up in controversies over the past few months uh, that are still kind of lingering. Um, So I think that those will really be, um, you know, along with major issues in Boston like affordable housing, um, our seaport, uh, (laughs) and climate change associated with it. So all of those, I think, are going to be top of mind for voters uh, in just a couple of weeks. Are we seeing any clear differences emerge between the candidates when it comes to these key issues that you're seeing? Yes and no. So acting Mayor Janey as, you know, the 
the acting mayor right now is the one who's making a lot of the decisions when it comes to COVID. And she's gotten pushed a little bit to kind of adopt a vaccine mandate and a mask mandate by some of her competitors and also by some of the people still on the city council. Hmm. Um, so there are some people who wanted to go further faster. Um, Janie took a slightly more measured approach to it, which did open her up to some criticism from her rivals. Um, but in the end, you know, she did kind of get there and everyone seemed to largely be in agreement. Um, it, it's really hard to find like big policy differences between the candidates, which is part of the problem people have right now. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> I, I guess regardless of how it does turn out, though, history will be made in this race. How are you thinking about that going into voting in just a couple weeks as someone who's tracking Boston and Massachusetts politics every day? It's really cool <laughs> to put it uh, to put it um, simply. Uh, you know, Boston has been led by a white man for almost 200 years now. And to see this level of diversity, it's really cool to watch how it's accelerated, particularly over the past 10 years. Um, you know, this has been a very long time in the making and years, you know, decades of people of color working their way into city government. And it's really accelerated in the past probably 10 years or so ever since now Congresswoman Ayanna Presley was first elected to the city council. And, you know, in 2019, you saw this council finally turn a majority female and majority minority. And the mayor's office feels like the next logical step. And this is the field where there are, you know, all five major candidates are people of color. This is the year to finally, um, you know, to get to the mayor's office and kind of complete that and then continue to do it again and move the city forward. So there's just a lot of excitement in the city right now that no matter how tough this choice may be or difficult or having a hard time finding policy differences between the candidates or ideological ones, people are just really excited um, that Boston has reached this point and that this is the choice before them. Lisa Kaczynski, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you so much for having me. Lisa Kaczynski is the author of Politico's Massachusetts Playbook newsletter. You can find it at politico.com slash newsletters and in this episode's show notes. Also today, Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he does not think the Taliban will seal off Afghanistan at the end of the month. In an interview with ABC on Sunday, Blinken said that he expects the group will continue to allow people to leave the country after August 31st, when the ongoing international evacuation is supposed to end. And quote, 114 countries have made very clear that it is their expectation that the Taliban will permit freedom of travel. His comments come amid concerns about whether any remaining Americans and some of the allies of the U.S. still within Afghanistan, particularly those who helped the U.S. during the 20 years American forces have been in the country, will have a chance to leave after the evacuation date. And the nation's leading infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says the White House is sticking with its recommendation of administering COVID booster shots eight months after the completion of original shots. In an interview over the weekend, Fauci reiterated the Biden administration's stance on extra shots, but said the government will remain flexible, quote, if the data tells us differently. And that, quote, we're going to have to go through the standard way of the FDA looking at the data and then the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. 
Fauci added that in the meantime, there's still a lot that can be done to tackle the surge in COVID cases across the country, including convincing the roughly 80 million people who are eligible for vaccines but aren't vaccinated to get their shots. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, tell a friend to check out the show. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.